This is Daniel the Honey Badger Hayes, pro middleweight boxer with my good man, Adam Lewis Walker. Welcome. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, former teacher and athlete, now turned lifestyle entrepreneur, best-selling author, keynote speaker, and host of the Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Every week, I start it off with me, myself, and I, and my thoughts on the week. Get to the podcast. I'm getting to it, Adam. As usual, please do head over to ayalpha.com to connect with the show, connect with me, and really get all the exclusive stuff and what it's all about. The easiest and most interactive way is men, please do head over to my completely free men's mastermind on Facebook, Awaken Your Alpha with ALW, have some interaction, and basically connect with like-minded individuals. And that's what it's really all about. Please do share, review, like. Um, if, you ha- if you have been listening to this for a while and you haven't managed to get a chance to review it, please do, it makes a huge difference. So I'd really appreciate that. And reach out to me, connect. I'd love to hear your story and what you're up to and what you're doing to make a difference and a change in yourself and in the world. Enjoy this week, speak to you soon, and I look forward to sharing this week's guest. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, live limitless. Okay, we've got a powerful one today. We've got Daniel Hayes in the house. He's a professional boxer, motivational speaker, and on-camera talent. And we're digging to what that exactly means more and more. But firstly, again, redundant question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because that's what I do. Are you ready to awaken your alpha today? Yes, sir. (laughs) Let's go. Awesome. I say that was quite a brief intro. Is there anything else you'd like to add or highlight? Or you can't really subtract because it was so brief. But (laughs) what are you all about? Well, you know what, man? I'm always around a lot of big egos, this and that. So I'm I'm not a really good self-promoter. But I got to say, those are my passions. Boxing, fitness, entrepreneurship, motivational inspiration, you name it. That's me. (laughs) Awesome. I hate I'm from England. English people aren't so good at self-promotion anyway. So we're, we're probably bond over that. A lot of times Americans, you know, they, whether they're good or they're, they seem a lot better at that kind of self-promotion thing. So, but again, that's another whole nother. <laughs> so again, I, I want to j- jump straight into your origins. Like where are you originally from? And I'll just tell everyone you're coming from Hollywood, California. Now we've just been sort of talking about all that area and what you get up to, but yeah, tell us a little bit about the, like, what did you want to be growing up? Is, have you been like one of these people who are like, a fighter from when you was really young and just gone through or tell us the journey. Yeah, man. So fighting, to be honest, I would have never guessed that growing up or anything like that. And my parents would even attest this. My uncles, everybody, they was growing up. I wanted to be a WWF wrestler and I I wanted to be the undertaker and have a Paul bear or something like, I don't know what it was about that, but that's what I wanted to be growing up. Right. And with fighting, that only was something after I was done. So I played basketball in college. When I finished oh, college, I'm yeah. I'm a big basketball fan. Oh, me too. And I, and I know college basketball is like, that's yeah. not, that is a high level. That's like yeah. professional. That's different level. What, what position do you play? Was it guard? I was a point guard. Point I'm guard. a little guy. So I, no, I was, was going to say, guard. you're not a little guy in the real world, but in, <laughs> yeah. in, in their world, that's why I just went guard. Because unless you're like 6'11". Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you yeah. know, you know. Yeah. So I was a point guard. And then after there, after college, pretty much I, I still had so much left in the gas tank and with a lot of athletes that's where they entered that transition where yeah. it's like now it's time to get a job and whatnot and I was seeing not throwing show that my team shade at my teammates <laughs> I was seeing that 
you know, the mentality was starting to change with them and they're getting a little bit plumper around the yeah, waist. I this. Well, I, I see this sometimes with athletes when they like cut it off like that. They keep eating like an athlete. Yes. <laughs> in, yeah. in the simplest way to say Yes, exactly. I, I think Charles Barkley kept eating like an athlete or something. I don't think he changed his diet. <laughs> <laughs> he's still, he is still. I, I, I love his TNT when, when he's oh. on there and they have the crew. Yeah. I could watch that for hours. I, yeah, I, I've got a Charles Barkley vest that I got when I was probably about 14, 13, when I was just obsessed by the NBA. And it was big basketball baggy then. It's tight uh. now. So it kind of worked, <laughs> but it's, it's like retro. It's very retro now. Anyway, sorry, okay. back to your story. Oh, no worries, man. Yeah. So for me, actually, I started out in mixed martial arts. So at the time when I got out of college, mixed martial arts was really, really popular. So I noticed I had a good base and I had always trained in boxing in the off season. So that was pretty much my makeshift stand up game. Yeah. And then I noticed I was really good at takedowns. So I started yeah. studying Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So those are my two bases, yeah. boxing and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And in playing basketball, you get really sensitive about your knees and your ankles, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I didn't appreciate getting kicked in my knee and knowing that that oh, was going to happen. That's what makes me feel sick about like, I really fancy like getting in the cage at some stage, but that is my concern yeah, is yeah. that, well, I've had a big knee inj injury because I used to be a pole vault, but that is my one concern because you can't exactly in a fight say, hey, can you just stay away from the knee? Like yeah. gonna, if you punch said me that, in the face. Yeah, <laughs> anything else, if they know as well, they're going to go for that if anything. So exactly. it's, yeah, I just, that's what makes me feel sick about it. The whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So, and then with mixed martial arts that pretty much turned into boxing out of persuasion from my uncle, he persuaded me to, he, he, he was always big on boxing Yeah. because he was a huge fan growing up like, and I always had that influence. Yeah. And he's like, why don't you just focus on boxing? You're already fighting. And so that pretty much turned into where we are today on the professional wow. circuit as a professional. So how long ago was that? Because that is an unorthodox way into it. And I, I love that about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was not that long ago, under 10 years ago. So that's wow. probably yeah. less than five years ago. But I suppose, I mean, this could, well, it is. I'm going to ask it, the awakening question. Because a lot of people, especially taking it up at that age, would think, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give boxing a try as in like a hobby, a practice. But when did you think, wait a minute, like, professional boxer is a different thing to a boxer yeah. so when did you think actually i don't just like this i'm quite good at this or i'm yeah like, yeah or good I, at st I started yeah. to see even in not so much mixed martial arts and i would say yeah. this is why mma eventually if boxing keeps that old school mentality will surpass it because the training and, and just as a natural athlete running strength training whatever it is yeah. in boxing generally so let me be politically yeah. correct generally they're really behind the times with it with the, you're going for a run how is that helping enhance your performance or <laughs> there's no strength training they think weight training makes you slow and this and that you know they have a whole theory old school mentality oh no do a thousand sit-ups and a thousand oh uh, yeah I, you're, 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 i completely agree because i was a strength and conditioning coach for years and i was always like any training they did if, if they ask me why are we doing this and I couldn't answer you, we're going to stop doing that. Because, yeah, again, yeah. it's that old school mentality. I'm going to go for like a long, slow jog. And when in mind, for certain yeah. things, <laughs> I get it for certain things. But if I can't tell you specifically why, like how that's going to help you, what's the point behind it? Just no. <laughs> exactly, yeah. man. So for me, it was once I started to see that and, and I started to see, I was like, I'm a better athlete than these guys. And just even my mindset as an athlete, not as a fighter, I... For me, boxing changed my life. It changed my mentality. It changed the way I look at things. I became so much mentally stronger and whatnot. Yeah. So I, I owe that to the sport.
for me, what, what really gave me that nudge is like, hey, man, you're faster, you're stronger, you're, you're just way more athletic, you're more conditioned. Yeah, sure, they might outskill you. And for me, my fighting style, I'm a pressure fighter. Mm. And I'm a middleweight, so I'm a smaller middleweight, but I bring the fight to you. So I was noticing that I had the remedies for, to, to compensate for my lack of skill. Yeah. And that, that really, really helped me in the amateurs. And it, it, that's pretty much how I just propelled and progressed forward. Wow. Were you shooting for, to become a professional fighter then quite once you realized? Or when did you and how did, was that transition? And did you notice a leap? I was blessed because I trained out of the wild card. So for those that don't know that, that's Freddie Roach, who's a boxing hall of fame trainer. And then for people who don't know who's Freddie Roach, uh, Manny Pacquiao. That's what he, I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. that's what, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's so what I'm, I'm part of that, that crew. And I, I was blessed because once you surround yourself in that environment, you see you, you're number one as an amateur, you're sparring with, lower level professionals but you're already so it's, it's almost like they're 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 grooming you for yeah. that and on so, top of that if they say you're good you kind of pay attention <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> they know and, what they're and, talking about yeah and if you're not you're not going to last there long just because you're going to be getting your ass kicked again and again <laughs> and again you know yeah. so wow. so for me it was just yeah. figuring that whole thing out and I, I was blessed where i was able to surround myself in that environment yeah so actually we i don't even know if we, we where are you originally from did you move to that environment for the boxing or oh you just, yeah, yeah yeah so i relocated from originally everything is the caribbean so Trinidad. okay yeah yeah so that's who i boxed for nationally i mean sorry wow. internationally yeah and that, that that's yeah that's where i represent Trinidad. oh cool so did you grow up in america or what's what's the story of that? so it was always a transition back and forth yeah. so funny how, how we got connected was when i was in canada so I, I spent a good amount of years in canada and it was always back and forth because of sport because of basketball yeah so even going to college you're, you're always away even in high school because you take things a lot more serious there yeah. so you would you would be on scholarship in high school so it, it was it's just totally always back and forth between Canada, Trinidad, yeah. and the U.S. Oh, cool! That's <laughs> yeah. Again, another. And I'm glad I asked. You never, you never <laughs> seen things. Very cool. So, when you obviously settling in the U.S., did you go to Hollywood for that boxing gym, or is it just coincidence? Or tell us around that when you're trying to kind of settle in. So I would. I'll be totally honest. I, in training, so I have family that's in Ontario, California. Yeah. Funny enough, so that's okay. a suburb outside. That's about an hour three hours with traffic in LA yeah. <laughs> uh, outside of there. So that's really where I spent a majority of the time yeah. actually making the transition to LA is where I said, this is where I'm going to pursue my dreams and whether that was in entertainment or whatnot. And I've always loved fitness since yeah. I was, since I was a kid and that that's the Mecca. That, that's where Venice, all that, you're, oh, yeah. you're going to have the best studios and it just forces you to level up oh, in, just in that environment. So I, I understood that. So that's why I had to make the jump over there. Getting to college basketball level is a high level. Were your dreams to, did you ever think you could be a professional basketball player? And even if you didn't maybe make the NBA, there's the rest of the world have a lot of leagues where they, yeah. where they're happy to take, you know, college players and you can yeah. have quite a good career in that. So I actually have a good a few friends that are playing over in Europe right now. And for me, it just wasn't the amount of money I would have gotten paid because as much as the, you could be making millions in, in some of those Euro leagues, you're making almost like a hundred dollars a week and you still have to work a part-time job. So it, it's, for me, it was, I didn't want to do that. I, I just saw more of a risk than a reward. Yeah. And 
with fighting, luckily I was bitten by that bug with fighting. I think I might, if I didn't have another option on the table, I think I would have taken that leap because I wasn't done, man. If you think about it, when you get out of college, you're 22 years old, 21, whatever it is. As an athlete, you don't hit your prime between 28 and 34. Yeah. If, if, if you're constantly yeah. training. So I, I think a lot of people just shortchange themselves. And I was noticing that I'm not going to say my college teammates, but you just, a lot of guys, when they come out of college, you're like, no, man, I'm old now. Yeah. Time to what? get a job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, you know, I, I understand if life is, is taking over, but I mean, that excuse to be why your body isn't reacting the way it is that that's a total, that's just lack of maintenance or, or lack of whatever you're doing because it's scientifically proven that you haven't even reached your athletic prime yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Definitely. So tell us a bit more sort of up to date. And I know you've got that mix now. I mean, when was your last fight? When's the next fight? And, and how does the, the motivational speaking? And I know you, there's a documentary that's recently come out um, and you've got a clothing line. Tell us what you're all up to now. And, and did these things kind of just evolve or, you know, what's kind of the mission you're on now? Yeah, brother. So, December 3rd, December 2016 was probably one of the toughest months of my life. So that was a professional fight I had in Mexico. And all right, spoiler alert, if you're watching the documentary. So for me, and for the sake of your show, I'll I'll give it. I broke my hand in the first or second round of that fight. So I had two pins inserted in there. And so it was the first or second round of that fight. And because I kept punching him with it, just because I had hurt him. So I wanted to get him out of there. So what happened, it was a fractured dislocation. So it was not only broken, oh. now it became disaligned. So what happened is that required did you surgery. Hear, did you hear it crunch? Like, nah. were you, were, it wasn't one of them like classic, they know it's broken and then they just think like, I'm gonna just power it. Or were you like, ow, my hand hurts a little bit more than it should? Uh, so <laughs> you have so much adrenaline going and I knew something was wrong. I had never broken my hand before. I knew something was wrong. And I just said to myself, I'm, I'm a body snatcher anyway. I just go to the body. Yeah. And I said, okay, I'm just going to keep targeting because I'm southpaw. That's my left hand. So I'm going to just keep targeting his liver or, or I'll, I'll hit a, with a right hook to the kidney. Yeah. And so that, that's what my goal was. However, in the third round, I remember looking to my best friend who was sitting ringside. I didn't even tell my corner because my corner is very old school. And sometimes they don't know how to communicate where... I knew if I told them my hand was broken, they're gonna be like, oh, suck it up, get through it. Like, I'm going, I, I know I'm gonna do that. I'm an athlete, I'm gonna get through it, but I just don't need to hear that right now, right? Yeah. So I didn't even tell my corner that that was going on because they kept telling me, they kept, because he was hurt, they kept was that, telling was me. Was that your professional belt as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that your debut, I mean, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. And they kept, they kept calling for the left uppercut. And then they're wondering why I'm not throwing because, hey, man, my hand's broken. So I remember <laughs> turning to my best friend. And I just told him, like, it, you, I melted yeah. it to him. I said, my hand's broken. And yeah. then he looked at me. He's like, just get through it, bro. Just get through it. Like, yeah. that, that's all I needed yeah. to hear. Yeah. You know, just, just something like that. And just, you know, something, oh, it's okay. Just yeah. use your jab. I, I don't yeah. need you yelling at me right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So um, that's what happened. And then... December 8th, I went under the knife. I got surgery. I got the bone aligned, got two pins put in. And December was, dude, I'll be totally honest, man. I, I was depressed. I was suicidal. Mm. I, I That was tough. But going through that experience made me so much, so much, so much, so much mentally stronger mm-hmm. getting back. And, and for me, I'm just hell-bent on this mission now for 2017 where – 
I remember New Year's Eve, I was looking at the Hollywood sign. New Year's Eve, I spent it by myself. I haven't told many people this. And I was in a very suicidal, depressed state. And that night, I, after that was done, I remember I looked in the mirror probably for like 10 minutes. I said, listen, you just need to bottle this up right now because this is not productive. Mm. And set yourself on a mission for this next year. We'll deal with whatever you're going through right now another time. And we'll take this anger and this rage out when I step back in the ring for my next fight. But right now is not the time. Just equip yourself and you better hold this as motivation for when you're back healthy. So for me, that, that's, that's the mission I'm on for 2017. Cool. So, I mean, not everyone does something like that, number one, but I'm sure there's a lot of box out there. Why do you think that's been made into a documentary? Well, a college teammate of mine who actually then went overseas to play professional, when he came back, he had lost the love of basketball. Mm. So he picked up filmmaking and we, we, we came up together. We went to the same college for that. We, we had multiple offers yeah. and we decided to stay together so we can play on the same team in college. So, so cool. we're, we're, we're very good friends. Yeah. And when he took up the love of filmmaking, which has gone, I'm very proud of him. It's an award-winning documentary now yeah. in multiple festivals. I was like, you know what? Why don't, why don't we just do something? I'm gonna fly you into LA. Yeah. You come down with me to Mexico and let, let's make a documentary out of it. And he really, it was all him. Awesome. <laughs> it awesome. was all him. Very cool. Was that kind of the springboard for you doing more on-camera stuff? Or was that kind of, you were doing thick bits and bobs on the side as well? Is, it, is, is that just kind of a, a product of your location or how's that? Well, I would say LA for anybody is a product of on-camera. Like anything, <laughs> even if you're in business or whatever it is, yeah. you're going to be on-camera just because that environment with yeah. social media in order to expand your brand. Because it's just so different over there competitive-wise. Yeah. I would say I was a product of the environment when it came to that. However, once this handbrake and the surgery, I said to myself, I need to take care of business outside of the ring before I go in the ring again, because I do understand, I do risk it. I do not want to be in the same position I was mentally, physically, whatever it is. Yeah, so I, you put all your eggs in one basket with the fighting, basically. Exactly. The one little crack of the hand and you're kind yeah. of your whole livelihood, everything's on that, yeah. Yeah, so what I did is I decided to, so I'm currently right now, it's, it's in the editing process, so it's called Life is a Fight. That's my book that will be coming out later this year, starting the podcast. And then also with uh, the documentary, and, you know, I'm just trying to diversify, obviously, entrepreneurship. So I'm opening up a cryo studio. So I'm just really trying to diversify not only my income, but handle business outside the ring before yeah. I get back in. And I've got to jump in. I think the documentaries called it, but Honey Badger. Talk to us about that. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of nicknames out there for fighters, but for anyone listening, Honey Badger's the name, as it were. And you've got a clothing line as well. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so the Honey Badger, actually how I got that name was after a pro sparring session when I was still an amateur, and one guy came up to me, he was like, oh man, you fight like a Honey Badger. <laughs> what the hell is that? You know, I, th I thought he was throwing shade at me or some sort of insult, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, no, that's a badass animal. And so at the time, there was a viral video going around on YouTube about a Honey Badger. Right? Yeah. And then I went home, I looked it up on YouTube as everybody. And I looked it up and I saw the video, I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool animal. And then I went back the next day, I was like, and, and he didn't even call me Dan. He's like, hey, honey badger. I was like, 
Yeah, man, that's a cool name. I'm going to ride with that. And that's pretty much because <laughs> before I was El Toro, I was the bull. Oh, right? okay, yeah. Yeah, so actually with my chunks on the back, now they're framed. Uh, I had El Toro, and then on the front is Honey Badger. Very cool. You'll see that in the documentary. Ah, very cool. <laughs> I have seen the trailer. It looks very good. And that's coming out. When is that? So it'll actually be on Amazon on demand in about two weeks' time. So oh, by the time well, you guys are listening to this. Yeah, so this will be out. Your basketball, your, your MMA, then your boxing, now entrepreneurship, filmmaking, doing all these things. What do you think? And like you said, like a lot of people coming out of college maybe think this is what I have to do. And they, they kind of maybe sometimes sell themselves short, like you said. What do you think in terms of mindset do you bring to this? To be honest with you, that's only something I realized back in December <laughs> yeah, yeah. because I had nothing else. I, Because I, I, people don't realize you actually need both hands for a lot of things. To yeah. even open a jar, anything, even your phone, whatever. And I realized that it was, it was my mindset, to be honest mm. with you. Not even because I'm not gifted as an athlete. I'm not the biggest, strongest, whatever. It was mindset. And I think an uh, important thing, especially for people, is just to surround yourself in a productive environment. So meaning, because that will rub off on you one way or another. And you always yeah. hear guys like Tony Robbins talk about this and whatnot. But just once you start changing your mentality, your thought process, just everything, once you start changing that, and whatever you want to do, if you, if you want to be an accountant, then start hanging out with accountants. Yeah. It, it, whatever you want to do, because that's going to rub off on you one way or another. If you want to be a millionaire, hang out with millionaires. Because... If you're not up to par with them, they will not hang out with you. So it's not like it's that that's options available, right? So I guess in that in that sense, it would be not fake it till you make it. Fake it till you become it. This our alpha round. What is a, a particular book that maybe you've read at some point in your life that really uh, resonates with you, or you like to recommend to people? Is there any books that have had an impact? So I've become a big nerd recently. <laughs> uh, I'm big on audiobooks just because in LA you're in traffic all the time. Yeah. A cool one that I read recently was Mastery by Robert Greene. Oh, I've interviewed him on here. At oh, okay. Yeah, yeah he, he's that guy. I would not want to get on his bad side. <laughs> he's LA based as well. He's yeah. in LA area. Yep. Very, very cool. Oh, great recommendation. Great recommendation. Cool. And is there a quote that you like to live your life by? It could be you know, or an all-time favorite quote. This is something that's resonated with me recently. And I see this with so many people now, especially in the information age. You don't have to be great to get started, but you have to get started in order to be great. And for me, with even entrepreneurship, everything, I'm just diving into it. With this interview, I'm like, let's just do it, man. Yeah, you you yeah. know, it's just, yeah. because you'll learn, you might fail, you might struggle, whatever it is, but you're going to be so much better for it. And, and the lessons that you learn are going to be more ingrained than if you were meticulously writing and plotting everything. That's great. Don't get me wrong. But if that's making you hesitant, then it's not, it's counterproductive. Yeah. What would you say is a particular kind of alpha habit that you do almost, you know, if not every day, almost every day, and I'm taking training out of the way for you because I'm going to assume that. <laughs> uh, uh, alpha habit. Like if you don't do it, Maybe your day when you look back at it and say, yeah, today wasn't as good as it could have been. And then if you like analyze, you think, ah, I, di I missed something. I didn't do my, you know. Okay, so there's, there's two things that has become recent. So if we're taking out training, you're, you're really putting me in a corner here. So, and this is applicable to everybody. I try to watch an educational YouTube video every day or a TEDx talk a day. Ooh, and I love TEDx, yeah. that's, you even have an app. There's even a TEDx app where, where they're right there and you can watch a TEDx talk a day. It's 15 minutes, some are 10 minutes. So for me, I try to educate myself on something once a day. 
Now I know you're into that. I'm gonna. I'll send you my TEDx talk. Have you watched it, good sir? <laughs> you watched it? Yeah, yeah. Ah oh, man, <laughs> you, you're the one. There are a couple of people who watched it. Awesome. <laughs> Trust me. Whenever I say it, oh, I'd love to see that. But you're very. That's never happened. Someone says, oh, I've watched it. Brilliant. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I could relate when I've heard so many times with the stories when you were saying you were making the transition from there and yeah. with your kids mm. and whatnot and you're like and your fine country is not an easy one to get into <laughs> i remember when you said that quote and i had a friend that actually just said that the day before i had heard that so yeah. i was like it was like deja vu all over again <laughs> but again it's i like that because it's you know if it's easy everyone would do it and you know if it's if it was very easy to get in then everyone would be in and it meant you know it's like anything anything that's too easy to achieve in some way you know is it worth it i like things that are going to separate, you know, that would put off most people that kind of motivates me as well, you know? Yeah. And, and as I was saying with the TEDx, it's to show you, I, yes. I really do do this, meaning uh, so that TEDx yeah. or that, that educational video for the day was yours when, when we got contacted, right? When oh, we got connected. Nice. So you were the first ones I looked at. Sweet. <laughs> that's, my, that's made my day, man. <laughs> Is there another resource that you, you like to use and it helps keep you on the straight and narrow? So obviously the TEDx app is, I think that's a, a great resource you'd recommend. Is there anything else or just, you know, around your habits and resources that you use? Get YouTube Red. And the reason why I say get YouTube Red is because I've learned this the hard way. Time is the most valuable asset. And YouTube loves to shove those 30 second video advertisements. At <laughs> oh you. my God. Yeah. I've seen Ty Lopez so much. I yeah. Think <laughs> yeah. He always gets in the front of my videos. <laughs> with, with YouTube Red, you don't get any ads, right? And mm. so what happens when you get ads, you then get distracted because you're on your computer. So you're like, oh, okay, let me open up something else. And then, and then you lose that, that mm -hmm. focus, that train of thought. So just try to minimize everything so you can focus it. Because we, we're distracted all the time, phones, notifications here and there so i say get youtube red <laughs> i like that and again i always like new ones that's that makes complete sense and no one's ever recommended that so i it's a great great recommendation <sighs> who do you think or who would you recommend either from your network or just someone you think would be a great fit for this show who i should interview next nick uh i don't want to mispronounce his last name so he <laughs> actually helped me through when I had just got the cast off and pins out, he has one of the most inspiring and coolest stories I've ever heard. I won't tell you too much about him. I will recommend him to you. Uh, and I'll, I'll definitely make that connection. He's a super busy guy now, but long story short, NFL, sorry, yeah, yeah. UCLA lineman stud. We're talking blonde hair, blue eyes, a typical <laughs> California, like this guy's a stud, right? Yeah. <laughs> had a short stint with the Rams. Wow. And then he's a, he's also loves his motorbikes, a uh, oh. motorcycle accident and he became a paraplegic. So he has, um, so he, he's actually looking to compete in the Paralympics in 2020. So wow. he has a prosthetic leg and yes. he's, he works as a group fitness instructor and he just is nothing but positive energy. Oh, what a recommendation, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. You, you've, you've definitely checked me out cause that is a spot on recommendation. That is yeah. exactly the sort of guy I should talk to. Yeah. Who helped awaken your alpha? We, you talked about best friends. You do, I mean, you've had quite a long journey. At certain points, is there anyone who sticks out where you think they really, you know, were there for me or that they told me what I needed to hear at that time? I, you mentioned about your uncle sort of helped you move across to boxing. I mean, there's so many people you've mentioned. Is there anyone who springs to mind? 
To be honest, one thing that I would say if I lacked in my life is a mentor. Mm. I, I've never had that. A lot of times, I, I, it's me the one giving the advice or me the one. And then in December, when I was like, okay, well, where's my guy to mm-hmm. <laughs> pick me up? Yeah. And I realized I only had me. So I'm like, you know what? I got to change my circle right now. Mm-hmm. Not, not lose friends or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it's good to have that positive energy around. So that's not something I've really had the the luxury of having i yeah. would say though somebody who i watch a lot on and you know had the pleasure of is ray lewis okay and with a lot of his stuff it, i i've just been gravitated towards and you know you, a lot of times you could just feel his energy and whatnot and i would say him and in closing what's what's the best way people can connect to you if they want to find out more i know obviously we mentioned the documentary i i, I suggest that mention it again <laughs> or what's the best way to connect with you yeah just get me on any social media platform it's all one this is D Hayes. So T-H-I-S-I-S-D-H-A-Y-E-S. This is D Hayes and that's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Hit me up. Cool. And uh, what is the one question that you either thought I was going to ask or you hoped I was going to ask and you feel like I've missed, I've missed something? That is a hell of a question. That question right there. I, I've never been asked that. Wow. Yeah, that. <laughs> I'm very satisfied because I think you have a great, great, mantra i think your brand is great and i'm honestly blessed to be a part of this and thank you so much for having me brother awesome no no problem loved it thanks for coming on thank you the awaken your alpha podcast also head over to facebook awaken your alpha with alw to join a great group of men in there do the little guy a favor subscribe and review it'll help get him off my back